Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Are you ready for the Word of God? Now, respect the Word of God too, okay? We need to respect the Word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for the opportunity to learn and to hear from you, Lord. We come to you with a hungry heart. We want to understand your ways, Lord, and we want to practice what we learn. We don't want to be people who look at the mirror, walk away, and forget about themselves. We want to be doers of your word. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Today, I would like to continue about the roles of the wife. And I know I need to stop after this Sunday for a while because we get to go to camp. We're going to talk about spirit-led life. And we will come back later on because there will be many teachings regarding husband and wife. And I will touch about the family off and on. But I'd like to talk more about husband and wife. The most important institution in the world is the institution of family. If the family is broken down, the society suffers. That is the basic institution. If the family is broken down, it will affect the government, finances of the country, it will affect everything. That's why God cares so much about husband and wife relationship. He wants to see the strong relationship, and when the relationship between husband and wife is broken, the next generation is going to be suffered. The kids and the grandkids are going to suffer. So that's why, as believers, we need to really take serious about building a very strong, godly family. Both husband and wife need to take this seriously. Amen? Now, before I preach again about the wife, last Sunday I preached a little bit. Today, I will continue. I'd like to bring all of you back, back to the time that God created the heavens and the earth. And God created animals and the sun and the moon. And eventually, he created Adam and Eve. Before Adam and Eve shows up, God was there. His creation was there. Without God, without Jehovah, Adam and Eve would not have been there. Adam and Eve shows up in the world because God created them. And we apply this principle to you and me. We were created by God. We were created by God for a purpose, for His purpose. When I drive a car, I look at all the equipment on the dashboard, all the button to push, the navigator and everything. And I noticed in the past 20 years, the technology in the car has improved so much. Now, when we back the car, we could see the video in the back. We could see how far away from the wall so that it will not hit the wall. And when you get close to the wall, beep, 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 come up. Then you stop your car. 
The technology has changed because the engineer designed the car, the all the thing in the car, to function in such a way to bless the driver, to be the good things for the driver. So the designer or the engineer have thought through how to build that car, and it will function according to the design, the scientific design. In the same way, you and I were designed by God. We were created by God, the Creator, and as He designed us, He know exactly what we should do, what we should go, where we should go. He designed us in such a way that we should function in His program. And we will do well and be successful. But the car and you and me are different. The car has no freedom of choice. You put the gear in, that engine have to follow the gear. But for us, we have the freedom of choice. Even though God put the program and the design for us to function accordingly, according to His plan and His way. We can still rebel. We can still forget about him and do our own things, and that's why troubles happen all over the world right now. So many divorces, so many problems in the world because mankind have chosen to do his or her own thing and don't follow the program of God. Now, let me read this scripture and imagine with me: the world had only animal. And the sea and the land, but no human being yet. And on the six days, God created man in Genesis chapter one verses twenty-seven and twenty-eight. So God created man in His own image, in the image of God. He created him, male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, "Be fruitful, multiply." Fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air, and over every living things that moves on the earth. Actually, I did not plan to talk about this yesterday when I prepared a sermon, but this morning when I walk into the building, God asked me to say this. When Adam and Eve opened their eyes, God said, "I bless you." And right away, the first sentence that he spoke to Adam and Eve, he gave them the mission to do, the purpose of life, the purpose of humanity to be on earth. You marry, you live together. What is the purpose? It's just to have a nice car, have a nice house, four hundred one k, nice education, have a land, accumulated money, and. Go on and on and have fun in life. Is that what God say? Yes, those things are part of the blessing. God want to bless you materially and financially, but it's more than that. He say that be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth, and take care of this earth. That is the program or the mission that God gave to every human being on earth. You and me too in this room. So after I become a Christian, I find my 
purpose of life. The purpose of life on the physical side is that I get married, I have kids, I have grandkids, and I fill the earth with humanity. That is physical, and people stop at that physical most of the time. But spiritually, Adam and Eve had relationship with the Father, and God said, "I bless you. I gave you the Garden of Eden. I gave you the blessing. So now you both will produce offspring that have relationship with me, and your." Sons and daughters and grandsons and granddaughters will expand the Garden of Eden, the land of the blessing. And that blessing comes because you obey me, you love me, you serve me, you seek the kingdom of God first. And that will go on to the next generation, to next generation, to fill the earth, not just only human beings who breathe the oxygen from the air, but human beings who love God, dedicate to God, Seek the kingdom of God first, and bring the blessing. Like when I fly to Germany, I did not just go physically, but I fly there to bring the blessing. So many demons come out from people. So many family restore. Pastor told me that after I went to the first camp in Germany, many women went back home, and the husband asked, "What kind of meeting did you go?" Why you came back changed? You become a new person now. I'm happier now because that person is changed into knowing God and become a good wife afterwards. So you see, we everywhere we go, we want to bring the blessing of God. And if you notice, the Bible used the word the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Talk about three generations. So what God tried to tell us is this. God is a dad, is a father. He wants all of us to really produce offspring that believe in God, get the blessing of God, and expand to all over the world. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and on and on and on and on until Jesus show up on the earth, and now Jesus is the one who brought the blessing back to all of us. I come to this point. I want to remind all of you. The reason you are on earth, He created you on earth, because God allowed you to come on the earth. He is the center of your life. Job is not the center of your life. Your car is not the center of your life. Your four hundred one k is not the center of your life. The center of your life is your Creator. He created you. You would not have existed here. Without him, that car, that parking on the car lot would not have been there without the engineer and the builder. You are sitting here because God allowed you to come here. Therefore, in order to preach about wife and husband, it will go in vain if both the husband and wife don't have the mentality: God is the center of our life. He gave us the mission to do. Without God as a center of your heart, all this teaching is going to be just religious law, and you go home and say, "I cannot do it. I'm sorry. This is too much for me. I cannot do it. God, I think you forgive me." No, no, no. You need to change your mentality that we are together to fulfill the mission that God gave to us. Is that we're going to build a godly home, 
love God, have the blessing of God in our life, we're going to build the next generation, Isaac, Jacob. We're going to impart the blessing into our kids and grandkids, and we're going to fill the earth either directly as our kids move out of our home to another place, or spiritual children as well, that we will make disciples and make more people who love God around the world. That should be the passion of every married Christian couple. If you are both Christians, you should have the same thinking. We are going to fill this earth. I'm a pastor, not because I have a position. I'm a pastor not because somebody pay me or because I get love offering. No. I'm a pastor because I want to fulfill Genesis chapter 1, 27 and 28. It's to fill the earth, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea. I want to produce my own kids to be disciples, you to become Disciple, and we're going to fill the earth everywhere with godly offsprings. And definitely, I cannot do it myself because Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 say, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. God knows that Adam or Pastor Lau could not do it himself. Man has weaknesses. Man is incomplete. Man could not fulfill the mission of God by himself. That's why God gave Adam a woman who came alongside to help him. The same thing. I look back now. I understand why I met Pasada. Without Pasada, this church would not be this way. She helped me. She Allow Pasada to be born in Bangkok, to meet this Thai man in Bangkok. She came alongside to help me to fulfill the mission in Genesis chapter 1, 27 and 28. I could not do this by myself. I need my wife. Therefore, I mentioned last Sunday that in order to help to be a good wife, a godly wife, you need to stop fighting faults, complaining, and looking down on your husband. Because your husband has some weaknesses, and you keep focusing on that and looking down on him, you cannot help him. You need to change your mentality. Oh, wow, I see the weaknesses of my husband. Now, this is an awesome opportunity that I can sow the seed of love, of help, of support. My husband... And if you do that, you're going to reap the good things that go into your children, and your children shall be blessed. You need to see the weaknesses of your husband in a different perspective from now on. Instead of looking down on him, but you say, wow, thank God, I have the great opportunity to help and support my husband. What he lacked, I'm going to fill it up. What he missed, I'm going to step in to help him. You see, if you have that biblical mentality, you're going to fulfill your biblical job description. Your job description as a wife is to help your husband. Now, I read from last Sunday, Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10. 
talking about excellent or noble wife. An excellent wife who can find, for her worth is far above jewels. How many people want to be called by God excellent wife, noble wife? Amen. God wants you to be a noble wife. And he gives the noble wife the way to do it, to be a really godly wife. Proverbs chapter 31 verse 12. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. The noble wife will do good to the husband all the days of her life. Every time she wakes up, she thinks, what can I do to be good to my husband? And the husband wakes up every morning and says, what can I do to make my wife happy? And what can I do to show love to my wife and to fulfill her needs? But the wife wakes up in the morning, what can I do to help my husband and to do good to my husband? Every day, if you wake up with that attitude, Believe me, you're going to have a very happy family. Okay, so that is the job description you have from God. Last Sunday, we were talking about you help your husband financially. In other words, you help him manage finances, save, buy things or spend money wisely. And definitely this part about helping your husband financially in each family it's different. The context is different because each of you has different backgrounds. For example, in my family, I'll give you an example. Because I'm a neurosurgeon, I can earn income easily because I'm a doctor. I can make good money as a doctor. Therefore, when my wife moved to America with me, at the beginning when Tanida was growing up and she went to school, she went to work at the Sear company for a while to get some extra income because I was a student. I have really little salary at that time as a student, maybe about $1,600 a month. So she went out to work to help me financially. But after we have the second child, no way she can work because she has to stay home as a full-time mom with a little baby. She quit that job, but she still helped me financially by saving but money by helping me to think about how to invest money. She cooked all the time at that time so that we don't have to go out to eat outside to spend a lot of money because my salary only $1,600, $1,800. She said, I can use my old clothes. I don't need a very expensive $20,000, $30,000 car. I can use the old car. We both used old car for many years. Toyota Tercel and Volkswagen, what is the name? Jetta. We used 10 years old car for years and years. We didn't even buy any nice bed. We just live at our, the level of our means. She helped me by not complaining, by not pushing me to say, I need a brand new Mercedes. I need a brand new Toyota, big car. You need to buy for me. No, she helped me. She helped me financially to save, to live at our level. So that is my context. The context is he's a neurosurgeon. He's in the school. Eventually have to quit her job because our kids is too young to work. But after that, our kids grow up. She helped me to run the church now because I can make more money as a private practice neurosurgeon. You see the context. Some of you, the context may be 
Your wife has a master degree of management. She can work for big company, make so much money. But you yourself come from the background of construction. Definitely, she will make more money than you because she has higher education, get a better job. It doesn't mean that the wife have to look down on the husband and say, "Oh, oh, you are worth less than a penny. Oh, you are nothing." No, 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 no. You still have the attitude. I do this. I work to help my husband financially. I will help you, not with the attitude of looking down. You see what I mean? So it's the attitude issue. Don't look down on your husband. You marry him. You love him and help him, and. Financially, we build together for the financial security of the house. So, now we're gonna go to the next one. What else? That introduction. How long? Half an hour introduction. Okay. <laughs> now we go to the next one. I, I I have to do this because if you don't get this part of introduction about God is a center and you work together to fulfill God's mission for the world on this earth. You're gonna miss everything else. I need to get that foundation down right away. Why God created Adam and Eve to fulfill His mission, His assignment. Okay. Now look, let's look at Proverbs chapter 31 verse 15. Proverbs 31 verse 15. She also rises while it is yet night, and provides food for her household, and a portion for her maid servants. Verse 21. She, the noble wife, is not afraid of snow. For her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. Wow, this noble wife is so committed, is so determined to wake up early in the morning, even though it's still dark, to take care of her household. So a noble wife will help her husband in the business of the household and also in the area of parenting. Even though you may work outside to make money, but again, you need to help your husband to take care of the kids, to raise the next generation who love God. You need to help your husband in the area of the household thing, making sure that the house is clean. I don't mean the husband will not do it, I don't mean that the husband will leave all those responsibilities to the wife. You work together as a team. The husband needs to still do some housework, clean up. This morning, I woke up and helped my wife to do something in the house to make sure we are ready to come to church. We do our part. And the wife helped the husband to make sure everything in the household will be taken care of. The food, food on the table, the house is clean. The dish is washed. The kids are taken care of. You take care of your children. Your priority is to make sure that the household needs are met. You help your husband. You're going to raise the next generation children, the next generation offspring to love God. So you help your husband in your own house, not just working outside. To build a godly home. Physically, you are there. Wake up in the morning. 99% of the time, I would have my lunch box to go to work. Because Pastor Da woke up in the morning to put all the food in the lunch box to make sure that her husband 
will have food to eat at lunch. She knows my habit. I'm a workaholic. So if I don't have the lunch box, and if no representative from any drug company bring lunch, I'm gonna keep working, 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 and never eat lunch because I'm really work-oriented man. I have so many sermons to write. I have so many emails to answer, and so many patients, so many paperwork to sign for my patients and uh, disability and all kind of stuff all day long. My paper on my desk is this big every day. I walk into my office and dictation, dictation to the hospital. The nurse call me nonstop working until I leave the office. She knows that if I don't have the lunch box, I would skip lunch and I may not be healthy. So she take care of me physically to make sure I have food to eat. She always clean up the house to make sure the house is neat and clean when people show up in our house. She makes sure that my clothes go to the dry cleaner to make sure I have clean clothes. She even take care of my body, buy some vitamin for me to take, and make sure that I take care of my health. She is a noble wife, taking care of the physical part of the family, her children too. She take care of her children, and not only that, emotionally, she take care of our home emotionally, making sure everyone is happy, have joy, have love in the house, and spiritually, you need to bring the presence of God into the house. God is the center of the house. You will turn on the Christian music in your house. You always live a holy life. Don't cheat. Don't do anything wrong. Don't entertain pornographic thing in your house. Don't turn on internet and bring in evil thing into your house. You need to do your part to bring the atmosphere of God to help your husband to focus on God, to help your children to focus on God. You help him parentally. That's why the Bible says that all women need to teach this to the young woman in the church. Titus chapter 2, verses 4 to 5. Then they can, they mean older women in the church, can train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure. You see, love to take care of physical need, emotionally, and not only that, Spiritual need to be self-controlled, pure, to be busy at home. Not to be nosy outside, sitting with friends and gossiping about people. You are busy at your home to be kind, to be subject to the, their husbands, so that no one will mal- malign the word of God. Brother and sister, I'm an accessory sister, even though you may have a business to do, you may be a manager of a company. You may have a big ministry to do, but your priority is your own home, the well-being of your husband and the well-being of your children. That is the job of the wife. Now, let's look at another one. Proverbs 31, verse 17. She, the noble woman, girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. Verse 22. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. A noble wife support her husband financially, support her husband parentally and household 
business. Number three, she support her husband personally. Personally, which means it's nothing wrong that you look good. You make your hair look good. You put the perfume on. Your husband walk by. Ooh, my wife is so beautiful. You don't have your hair messy all day long. Never brush your teeth. Never take a shower for three days. You don't take care of your body. You just dress like nothing. No n- nice clothes to wear. You need to take care of your body to look good. I'm not talking about being in the flesh like you know, the husband looking for a nice woman out there. I'm talking about you need to take care of your body to make your husband happy. Some ladies, before they get married while dating, oh, everything look perfect. Makeup, oh, eyelash, nice hair, perfume on, makeup on. But after they get married, wow, I don't know, I get into this. She never take a shower for three days. She never wash her hair. Wow, her clothes never get clean up. The jacket so smelly. She used that jacket for 10 years and never clean it up. The husband kind of swallow his saliva and, okay, Okay, I need to put up with this. No, please take care of your body that you will look good. Amen? Nothing wrong to look good in front of your husband. He needs that. He needs to be proud of you. Not just only spiritual growth, but you take care of your body as well. There is a survey about the need of men and women. In that survey, men say that sex is number two need. In the same survey, women say, sex is the number 13 need. And gardening is the number 12. So men say, sex number two. But women say, number 13. For women, in order to please your wife, you need to meet her needs. Her need is communication, security. Woman doesn't like to be around men who is lazy, no money, never work hard, and only play around in the internet. She wants a man who work hard, bring security to the home. Woman needs security. Not only that, the needs of the woman is also leadership, good leadership. Lead the family to church, lead the family to the right thing. But one of men's needs is S-E-X. Sex. I'm not ashamed to talk about this. Because sex was created by God in the confines of the marriage. Therefore, ladies, take care of yourself and make sure you meet his need. Number two need. I heard a lot of men say amen. Is sex. It's so sad. In the church, Christians are afraid of the word sex to the point we don't talk about it. And we feel like dirty about it. Because of that, the world system, the devil knows the need of men. So they will provide 
the way to really meet the needs of men by putting a lot of pornographic movie in the internet, getting all picture in the website. You notice when you turn on the website, there will be some picture in. I'm talking about secular website. Some picture. Of ladies who wear really little piece and shows on body to grab the eyes of men because they know that sex is a second need of men. That's why we have to be careful, men. Even though sex is the legitimate need of your life, but don't try to fulfill your need in an illegitimate way or in a sinful way, because sinful sex will lead to death. James chapter one fourteen to fifteen. But each One is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. This is the way I live as a believer. Every time I'm tempted to sin, I always think about cancer, death, corruption. I don't want death. I don't want corruption. I don't want cancer in my life. I want only good things. So I say no. I don't want to get involved with sin, including sexual sin. Proverbs chapter seven, verses twenty-one to twenty-three, talking about out there there are women who know how to entice men to commit sexual sin. With her enticing speech, she causes him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduces him. Immediately he went after her, as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks, till an arrow struck his liver, and as a bird hastened to the snare, he did not know it would cost his life. Wife, if you don't meet sexual need of your husband, your husband gonna be tempted. To look for this kind of need to be met, the way to meet his need. Therefore, take care of your body. Okay, take care of yourself and meet his need. Amen. Amen. That's why when man and woman, husband and wife talk, the language is interpreted in a different way. When man say, a man and woman say. Do you love me? The man say, "I loved you." Woman interpret that the man has a really affection and want to be around her. But when the woman say, "I loved you," the man will interpret, "You want to have sex with me," because the needs are different. That's why you need to understand both sides are different, and you need to be careful about that. Amen. You need to meet your husband need personally, help him personally. Proverb thirty-one verse twenty. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. Verse twenty-six. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. The noble wife will not only help her husband financially, does good to her husband parentally and personally, but she also help him ministerially. Or help him to serve God. She extends her hand to the needy. She show love to people in the church. She help him to evangelize. 
when the husband said, "You know, I like to invite that couple. They don't know Jesus to come to our house to eat dinner, and we can talk about Jesus." The wife to say, "Okay, I'm gonna cook, and I will help you to arrange everything so that we can evangelize to this couple." You should not say, "No, no, I'm too busy." Help him to serve God. When your husband wants to do something, okay, I support you. I will stand by your side. I will walk with you and help you. That's why I never go to mission trip by myself. I want my wife to come along with me. I cannot minister to women. I don't want to give counseling to women. I want to just preach, lay hand, give the teaching to the group, but I don't want to give counseling to women. My wife will come along with me and talk to the woman for me. Man and woman has strong side of their ministry that they can do, amen. And you should be the woman who really fear God and full of wisdom. Every time you speak the word, people come to your home. Wow, I'm so encouraged by the word of wisdom you say because you fear the Lord. Verse 11 say, the heart of her husband safely trusts her. So she will have no lack of gain. He will have no lack of gain. Your life is such a blessing to your husband. You speak with wisdom. You stand by his side to serve God, to build the kingdom of God together. Help him in the ministry together. You, when he shows up in the care group, you are there to help him. You're not staying home to watch TV. You are by his side and help him to serve the Lord. And he can trust you. Whenever my wife show up, I can trust her. She will speak the right thing. She will do the right thing. She will be the blessing to people around the poor, the needy, the young Christian, the non-believer. We together gonna be the blessing to people. Verse twenty-three. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders because of your life. The way you serve God with your husband in the fear of God, with purity and with the right heart, what happened? Your husband will have good reputation, and when he has good reputation, you will have good reputation too. Amen. People in the city will praise your husband and praise your family. Some wife come to this point may say, "Wow, he looks good. How about me?" I don't want to be behind the scene. I don't want to be in the background. I don't want to be hidden somewhere. No, 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 no. Don't take this scripture wrong. Actually, if your husband is a godly man, this is what he would do. In verse 28, her children rise up and called her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. A godly husband. Will respond to a godly, noble wife. The wife works so hard to support him, to help him, to do good to him. So the husband will always encourage their children to honor and praise their mom. You know, your mom is a great woman. You need to respect your mom. The husband will stand. In the gap between the children and the mom, and say, "Hey, love your mom. She is a good woman. One day, when you pass to be with the Lord, your children will remember you as a very godly woman, godly wife. And not only that, he will go out into the society and boast about his wife. My wife is excellent. My wife is a godly woman, 
and people in the whole city will praise her. She would tag her along his side, stand together. Husband, praise your wife. Talk good about her. Amen. Do you notice that I never say anything bad about my wife after you know me for twenty something years? I always talk good about my wife. I honor her. She did her part. I have to do my part. I always want to lead my children to honor my wife, honor their mom, because that is the way of the Bible. Amen. So next time we're going to learn more about the duty or the responsibility or job description of the wife. But I don't know when it's going to come back. I will do it sporadically that you cannot run away and disappear. I will pick the day that a lot of women show up. So you cannot avoid the message, amen. For the husband, could you please get the whole series of CD or teaching or MP3 from our table? The series called "Heaven in Your Home." The whole series talk about family. We preach. This is the 16 message. If you get uh, in the YouTube, there are only a few because in the old day we don't record video. Please get the whole series. Heaven in your home in English, and listen to the whole series about God's perspective about family, about how to raise your kids. Please listen to this series at least once a year in your car, and practice the mandate of God, the principle of God, and you're gonna build a very godly home. Amen. How many husbands say, "I will praise my wife from now on"? Raise your hand up. How many husbands say, "I'm going to lead my wife to fulfill the mission that God gave to me is to fill the earth with the godly offspring"? Raise your hand up. You need to lay down your life for your wife. You need to love your wife and make her happy. Many things I don't need to stop to do, but I stop doing it because Pastor Da doesn't like it. I need to stop. To make her happy, amen. Some issue in life is not a life and death issue. You need to sometime stop so that your wife will be happy. And when you love your wife first, you show that you care. You lay down your life to make her happy. Then she will respond to your love, and she's gonna rise up to be a noble woman in Proverbs chapter thirty-one. Husband, do your part first. Don't blame your wife and say she doesn't do. I will not do either. No, no. You are the leader. You need to do it first to be a godly husband, and your wife will be impressed and start to turn around and change because of your godly leadership. Amen. All the wives say, "Help my husband." One more time. All the godly wives say. Do good to my husband. Okay. Husband say, love my wife. Husband say, lay down my life. Husband say, happy wife. Happy life. Amen. <laughs> Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for helping us to understand the precept regarding. Marriage life, Lord, your 
blueprint your ways are the best way. And Lord, we make a decision to obey you. But at the same time, we need your grace. We need your Holy Spirit to remind us every single day. We need your Spirit to empower us to be able to obey what you say. Lord, give us power. Give us supernatural ability to do what the Word says. Thank you, Father. And we pray, Father, every family in this church and all the families that listen to this teaching around the world shall be blessed and you will, Lord, minister to them, help them, meet their needs, protect them from the evil ones. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you are not a believer, or you may be a backslider, you walk away from God for a while, I'd like to ask you to come back to God and serve the Lord. Live your life for the kingdom of God. The Bible says that seek the kingdom of God first, and all these things shall be added unto you. I want to encourage you to seek the kingdom of God first. And God is going to take care of your job, your health, your traveling, your life, your parenting, your ministry, everything. But you need to seek the kingdom of God first. If you say, today I want to rededicate my life to follow Jesus, why don't you pray with me? Or if you are not a believer, you say, God, today I want to give my life to be your child. Just pray with me too. Bow your head and pray with me. Father in heaven, today I make a decision and I confess with my mouth that you are my creator. Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving my sins. Lord, cleanse me. Forgive me. Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. Come into my life right now and sit on the throne of my life. I will follow you from today on. Whatever you say, I will do it. I will obey you, Lord. In Jesus' name, I believe my name is recorded in the book of life in heaven. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Turn to the person next to you and say, I will do what he says. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How many people repent today? Repent and say, I'm going to change. Amen. Praise God. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty.